Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. It's good to have you all with us here on this Sunday morning. What a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning it is. It's so good to have you all here with us this morning. And we've got a few of us out, out today. We'll have to keep them in our prayers. Let's get our hymn books out this morning. We'll turn to hymn number 106. Hymn number 106 in your blue hymn books. Let's stand together as we sing, Praise Him, Praise Him. Hymn number 106. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor, give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. them all day long. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. On that second verse, praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. salvation. Hail Him, hail Him, Jesus the crucified. Sound His praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows. Love unbounded, wonderful, deep, and strong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song as we sing that last verse we're about to sing it but when we praise him praise him when we sing this song we can't praise him praise him with a frown on our face we can't praise him praise him by whispering praise him praise him we can't praise him praise him by just being here we gotta praise him praise him we'll sing it at the top of our lungs praise him praise him and when you praise him praise him have a smile on your face we're praising the one uh, and the only jesus christ who saved us from our sins amen praise him praise him so let's sing that last verse together sing it out on that last one praise him praise him praise him praise him jesus our blessed redeemer heavenly portals loud with hosannas ring jesus savior reigneth forever and ever crown him crown him prophet and priest and king christ is coming over the world victorious power and glory unto the lord belong praise him praise him tell of his excellent greatness praise him praise him ever in joyful song amen we have a lot to praise him for amen amen we're in here in a building today that uh, is paid off. We're in here in a building today that we have air conditioning. The lights are on. Uh, we have pews. Uh, the backs might not be so comfortable, but the seats are pretty comfortable. And uh, we have a lot to praise Him for. We have a complete Bible. Amen. Written in our language. Many people, many countries, many uh, people, groups cannot say that. We have so much 
to praise him for. Let's open our service in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for another Sunday that we get to come forward and praise your name. Lord, there's so much that we can praise you for. Lord, it's hard sometimes, uh, Lord, as we go through life to keep that at the forefront. But Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us, Lord, to just keep your uh, praise of you at the forefront of our minds and in our hearts, Lord. We need you, Lord, during the service today. I pray that you'd work in hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the message that's going to be preached, Lord. I pray that you'd fill me with your power. Lord, I pray that everything that we do this morning and this evening, Lord, would be to your honor and to your glory. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's all be seated here this morning. Let's get our, uh, I do have, if you have your bulletins with you on the inside right of the cover there, uh, we do have our announcements for the upcoming weeks. I do want to remind everybody of our midweek service that we have every Wednesday here at 6 o'clock. Uh, it's a wonderful time as we come together as a church family to uh, open up God's Word and kind of study the Bible a little bit. Uh, the last few weeks we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. The first week was the Beatitudes. Uh, this past week we talked about uh, salt and light and how as salt we, are, uh, we need to make sure we keep what it is that keeps us salty that makes us salty, that makes us effective in the ministry, uh, and also being light, shining our light to the world. Uh, so we're going through that uh, over the coming weeks here uh, on our Wednesday evening services at 6 o'clock. I would encourage you to come, uh, be a part of that as well. We also pray together uh, in that service as well. So please join us for that if you're able to. Uh, and then that uh, this coming Thursday, July the 20th, uh, will be our regular weekly ladies meeting. Uh, Ladies meeting the last next week week after next is the fellowship right? Oh, this week is fellowship. Okay, I'll remember that. This this coming Thursday is uh, the ladies fellowship. Uh, so keep that in mind. And then the week after next, you guys will be starting a new study, correct? Oh, that's exciting. So the week after next, there's going to be a new study. And then this week, of course, uh, will be the ladies fellowship, and that is every Thursday uh, here at the church at noon. Uh, so a wonderful time for the ladies to get together. Again, invite your friends, invite your family, uh, and join us for that. And then uh, we do have, I want to make mention of our Sunday school hour. Uh, that is um, on Sunday mornings at 9.30. I know uh, it's hard sometimes to get, uh, to get up early enough to be able to join us for that, but uh, it's a wonderful time. We've been going through a refresher course together this morning. Uh, we talked about salvation and how it's impossible to lose your salvation uh, and just some reassurance of that. Uh, so we talked about that this morning. Uh, in the weeks earlier, uh, we talked about uh, the week before that, we talked about who is Jesus uh, not just who is Jesus, to, what does the world say Jesus is, but who is Jesus individually? Who is Jesus to you? We talked about that the week earlier. Uh, the week before that, we talked about who is God. We talked about Him being the Creator and, and Him orchestrating the creation of the entire earth. And then before that, we talked about the Bible, uh, some kind of lesser-known facts about the Bible, the, uh, that the Bible was written in three different languages, over three different continents, over a period of over a thousand years, by over 40 different authors. And what a wonderful book it is that we have, and it is true. It is accurate. Uh, it is profitable. And there's so much that we can uh, use for it. But we're, we, we've been going through uh, things like that on, during our Sunday school hour. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful time together at those times. Uh, but I would encourage you to join us for that. Um, of course, this coming Saturday, or not this coming Saturday, but a couple Saturdays from now on July the 29th is our very first, for this church anyhow, this is our very first uh, Super Saturday Soul Winning. 
the very first one. So I would highly encourage you, uh, if you have to uh, maybe move some things around or get, get it worked out, I would highly encourage you to join us for that time. Uh, we're going to meet at the church here at 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll have coffee and donuts and all that ready for everybody to get the get our energy going and get ready to uh, go out. And then around 1030 is when we'll, about, we'll head out to go, uh, to go canvas our area. Uh, I believe we're going to have a group coming from a church in the area that's going to bring a large group of their teenagers and adults and stuff to help canvas our area, get flyers out, let people know about our church. And uh, we're going to have some new flyers. Uh, hopefully I'll have some new flyers printed off for that that we'll be able to give to people, uh, put in people's uh, uh, doors or be able to give to people to tell them about our church, uh, what we do here. And uh, that is going to be July the 29th, our Super Saturday Soul Winning. <coughs> I highly encourage you. Join us for that. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. I'm going to be announcing it every Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'll announce it every service that we have just to keep it in our minds so that we remember. And again, this is something that we're going to start doing every month. The last Saturday of every month, we'll see how it goes this month. I believe it's going to be a big blessing to anybody who comes. Uh, we'll have an opportunity for anybody who wants to stay here while we're, uh, while those of whom want to go out. Uh, we'll have an opportunity for them to stay here and, and have a prayer meeting uh, and just pray for those who have gone out, uh, pray for our church and things like that. So uh, that will be a wonderful time together. I truly believe that uh, on Saturday, July the 29th, that's the last Saturday of this month. And I don't believe I have any more uh, announcements. Is there anything that I have forgotten to make mention of? I don't believe so. Okay, well, then we'll continue on to our second hymn. We'll turn to hymn number 97 this morning. Hymn number 97 in your blue hymn books. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Amen. We're, so, uh, we're going to be singing here about the power of Jesus and the power of His name and how powerful He is. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last of hymn number 97. All hail the power of Jesus' name. What a powerful God we serve. Amen. Let's start on that first verse. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth a royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth a royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. On that second verse, he chosen seed of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. If you had
have your if you have your bulletin with you, open it up, and on the left side of the inside part there, uh, we have our song of the month. We'll sing that together here. Uh, again, remember we're practicing to get that high note at the end. We've only got a few more weeks to get that uh, hit that high note, and uh, I can't sing it acapella. So if we got if you got to go down an octave, then go down an octave. But I can't be hitting it uh, solo because I don't know if the microphone could take that anymore. Uh, but we'll sing this one together. What though wars may come, I have Christ in my heart. Let's sing it through one time together. I have Christ in my heart. What though wars may come with marching feet and beat of the drum, for I have Christ in my heart. What though nations rage as we approach the end of the age, for I have Christ in my heart. God is on the throne, Almighty God is He, and He cares for His own through all eternity. So let come what may, whatever it is, I only say that I have Christ in my heart. I have Christ in my heart. Wow, I don't think I heard anybody hit that last note. Come on, guys, we got. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh man, if you gotta go low, you're like, I have Christ in my heart. There you go, you can go down. You got that. We've got this. Okay, at this time, we're gonna have our ushers please come, come forward. Can I have a couple of men uh, come forward for the offering, please? Again, this is our time to give back to God as He's given to us. We're so thankful for all that God has given to us, and this is the time that we get to give back to Him. Uh, of the increase that he has uh, given to us. Uh, Brother Alan, would you please ask a blessing on the offering? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can come here on Sunday morning and learn salvation and yes. praise you, Lord, and, and learn the word. Your word is, is truth. And as we come now to this time, we, we thank you for everything you've given. Everything that I have is from you, Lord. And now this yes. is my time to give it back. Amen. Well, while they're taking the offering, let's shake hands, welcome each other to the service, say hi to each other. Welcome, welcome.
Okay, well, as we're all getting back to our seats and filtering it, I would like to make mention of this. I believe it should be in everybody's uh, bulletin, but you should have gotten one of these little cards right here. And on this card, it says here, I'll read it for you. It says here, missionaries that we support. Uh, it's got our church logo on it, and it says here, missionaries that we support. Uh, and it says the name is their name is in blue, and then uh, the uh, ministry that they're in is right below in red. Uh, so we have Arlene Blood, who's retired in Alaska, that was uh, they were missionaries to Alaska. And then Jim and Rachel Chambers, they're missionaries to Zambia, Africa. Bob and Diana Erickson, they're missionaries in Texas. Uh, Mike and Heather Gross are part of Open Door Ministries. They're from Indiana, but they, uh, they are the ones who actually got me in contact with you guys here uh, and was very instrumental in uh, helping connect us together. Uh, so that's what he does is he helps uh, churches that are without pastors find pastors. Uh, then Florence Houck, uh, the source of light in Florida. Uh, Richard and Brenda Osborne are missionaries to Liberia, Africa. Uh, David and Debbie Nunnemaker are missionaries uh, to... Are they missionaries to France? Oh, okay. I thought they were helping with getting the Bibles to Vietnam. Oh, really? Okay. So I did not know they were from France. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Missionaries to France, uh, but they also do help and um, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. And then on there is Ethan and Bethany Prater, and they're missionaries to the Dominican Republic. Uh, so this is all of the missionaries that we support. Now, I pray that in the next year that we'll have to make a new list because I pray very heavily every day that the Lord will allow us to support more missionaries. Uh, maybe we can make this list a double-sided list. Make, maybe we'll have to get double-sided. Maybe make it an 8 by 11 sheet of paper someday. Amen? Uh, but this right here is for you to put in your Bible. Put it in your prayer list. We need to be praying for these people every single day. They are out there on the front lines. Some of them are retired, but they have uh, served God faithfully for many, many, many years. And there's many on here that are still on the front lines, that are out in the field serving God. I mean, there's places like, Z like Zambia, Africa. I mean, Indiana. What, what a place, Indiana. That's, that's the mission field right there. I'm just joking. No, but Brother, Brother Mike Gross does have a wonderful, wonderful ministry. He does some wonderful work there. Um, but Liberia, Africa, France, the Dominican Republic, these are places that desperately, desperately, desperately need the gospel. They need people. And this is, this is eight missionaries here. This is what we support right now. We support eight missionaries. Now, I can tell you, I believe that in the next couple of years, God's going to double this list. I believe it. But for right now, until we extend this list, we need to be praying for these people. We are supporting them. We are supporting them. And if you're able to, I would encourage you, take one of these missionaries once a week. If each of us would take these missionaries once a week, maybe just one missionary that we'd all get together and write a letter to them. Write a letter to your missionaries. Have some correspondence with them. Let them know that you're praying for them. Let them know that you support them. Maybe, maybe, God's, maybe God will lead uh, you to maybe put a little bit of money in an, in an envelope and just write their name on it and just give them a little extra. Give, maybe, maybe God's just laying it on your heart that uh, maybe you yourself, maybe God's calling you to support another missionary. Maybe you want to extend this list. We want to support as many missionaries as we can here. There's only so many people in this area that we can reach. There's seven point something billion people on this earth. There's only about maybe 150,000 in this area that we're in right now. That's a little, that's a little drop in the bucket. So we should be supporting as much as we can. Uh, but, uh, but do your best to pray for these people every day. If you can't give a little extra to, to send them something, that's fine. Pray for them. Pray for them.
when there's nothing else that we can do, we can pray. Amen? Amen. We need to be praying for these people. So uh, if you have one of these, wonderful. If you don't have one, ask Miss Marge. Uh, she will give you one. And uh, I would encourage you, put it in your Bible, put it in your prayer list, put it on your fridge. So every time you go to get a glass of milk or a, uh, or a glass of orange juice or something, or you go to get a midnight snack, you'll see your missionaries and you'll pray for them. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to put this in my Bible here, and I'll be praying for them as well. I'm so thankful that the Lord has allowed our church to be able to support missionaries. I tell you this, and I tell, you, I tell people this all the time. The churches that I see that are, are, are reaching the most people, that God has allowed to grow uh, to an aspect where they're reaching people uh, miles and miles and miles, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 miles around their area, that God has allowed them to do that. The reason being is because they have a very strong missions program. I, I truly believe that God blesses and God allows growth in churches that support missionaries. And I believe truly the reason why this church has been here since 1942, at this property since 1953, I truly, truly believe that it's because we are a mission-minded church. We believe in our missionaries. We believe that God has called us to support them. I would encourage you to get a personal goal for missions. Uh, there's going to be, uh, over the next few months, there's going to be a lot of focus on missions and uh, we'll have a few things that we're going to unveil here soon, and I'm very excited about them. Uh, but I want each and every one of you to have a personal goal for missions. And uh, there's something called uh, Faith Promise Missions. I don't know how many of you have ever, have ever heard of Faith Promise Missions. That's where you write down, you, you tell the Lord, and, and Faith Promise Missions isn't what I can afford. And, and people, I think uh, people get it wrong sometimes, is they think Faith Promise Missions is, well, I can afford to do this. No, it's what does God want me to give? Because I can tell you when, me, my, when Mrs. Harris and I set our missions giving, and it was a, an amount that I never thought we could ever hit. God gave us that money every month, every week that we needed to give our faith promise. God allowed that. And you know what faith promise does? Is it gives you a personal connection to your missionary. It gives you a personal connection to the missions program. Because it's not just, you know, yeah, our church supports eight missionaries. No, I support part of those eight missionaries. I'm giving to these missionaries. It gives you a personal, uh, it gives you a reason to pray for them. It gives you a reason to want to send them a letter. Amen. So uh, that's something that I'd like everybody to be praying about, it's, it, especially praying for our missionaries, though. Uh, over the next coming weeks, we'll be uh, talking a lot more about our missions and about our missionaries and things like that uh, over the next couple of months. So uh, at this time, we're going to have our scripture reading. Uh, Brother Alan uh, brought up to me on Wednesday that we haven't been doing it. And uh, I totally, I totally forgot about it, and I, I haven't been doing it. But I appreciate it, brother Allen. Thank you for, thank you for reminding me. Let's all stand together. We're going to turn to Luke chapter number fourteen. And remember, we talked about reading responsively. It's where I'll read a verse, and then you read uh, right after me, and then I'll read the next one, and then you read the next one, and so on and so forth, down through the end. Luke chapter fourteen, verse number twenty-five is where we'll begin. And I'll read verse number twenty-five, and we'll read responsively all the way down uh, to verse number. 33. We'll wait till everybody gets there and then we'll begin. Luke chapter number 14. We'll begin in verse number 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether ye have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage, and desireth conditions of peace. And we'll all read together on the 33rd verse. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Okay, well, uh, we'll get used to this together. I enjoy doing scripture reading together. Let's get our hymn books back out. You can, uh, sit, uh, you can be seated. We'll turn to hymn 172. Hymn number 172. Tell me the story of Jesus, the greatest story ever told. We'll sing the first, the second, and the third of hymn number 172. We'll get there, amen. Tell me the story of Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and good tidings to earth. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard on that second verse fasting alone in the desert tell of the days that are past how for our sins he was tempted yet was triumphant at last tell of the years of his labor tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story that ever was heard on that last verse tell of the cross where they nailed him writhing in anguish and pain tell of the grave where they laid him tell how he liveth again tell of the years of his labor tell of the sorrow he 
take a ransom for me. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. I think I got about half of that first right and didn't pay attention to the rest of it. Thank you for bearing with me on that one. Didn't quite get that right, but that's okay. I'm not a perfect person. Oh, maybe I shouldn't sing special music this morning. <laughs> I'll get the words wrong. Uh, at this time, we'll have some special music. I'll try to make it special for you guys. I might mess up the words to this one, too. Let me try and get this out of here. Nope, that's not going to work. i got another one here. Testing. Oh, that's a little bit loud, isn't it? Okay. <clears throat> I found a secret place of comfort and release, a special place of healing. A special place of peace And everyone who dwells there Finds rest beneath God's wings In the shade of his pavilion New strength he always brings I find hope, I find grace Far away from the world's embrace He gives me rest, He keeps me safe I find His strength, I seek His face In the secret place With every trial He brings My Lord will make a way to strengthen and protect me, to help me face each day. He leads me through the valley to draw me closer still, knowing even in the shadows I find His perfect will. I find hope I find grace far away from the world's embrace. He gives me rest, he keeps me safe. I find his strength, I seek his face. In the secret place, he gives me rest, he keeps me safe. I find his strength, I seek his face in the secret place. Amen. Okay. Man, there's so many wires down there, it's hard to get everything straight. 
Okay, well, let's get all of our Bibles out. We should be somewhere close to, at least, um, Luke chapter number 14. We were just there uh, in our Bible reading. So Luke chapter number 14 is where we're going to be at this morning. Luke chapter 14. I want to talk to you for just a little while this morning on the subject of the great cost of following God. The great cost of following God. God In Luke chapter 14, we read uh, there this, this morning during our Bible reading, in verse number 25 is where we'll begin. Luke chapter 14, 25, it says there, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his life, own life also, he cannot be my disciple. <clears throat> and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage, and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all he hath, he cannot be my disciple." Jesus is giving us an example here of the great cost of serving God. The great cost of following God. He wants us to realize here, he wants us to understand here, that there is a cost, and if we're not ready to bear the cost, then we should not even make an attempt. We must be ready to bear the the cost. Let's pray and we'll get into the service uh, message this morning. Heavenly Father, God... I pray that you would please take full control of your servant this morning. Lord, I pray that the words that I speak, Lord, would not be just my own words. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, take this message and let it be, Lord, a help to those who are here this morning. Lord, and I pray that your words would be heard and not my words. Lord, because I know that your words mean everything and my words mean nothing. Lord, I pray that you'd be uh, uh, glorified in what is said this morning. In your name I pray, amen. So the great cost of following God, the great cost of serving God. Number one, I want to look at today that we must realize that there is a cost. We must realize that there is a cost being in the ministry or serving in a church does not come without difficulty or problems. Any time that you begin to serve God, I can promise you there's going to be problems. Uh, my family has always looked at it this way, is that if you're getting ready to serve God, be, just be ready because the devil's about to come after you. Any time that you begin to serve God, I know uh, my parents' book is floating around here somewhere. Somebody's got it. I don't know who's got it right now, but uh, my parents' book that they wrote is going around. And in 2003 is when we uh, basically uh, finally went and did what God wanted us to do, which is to move to Canada to start a church and be missionaries. 
And I, t- I, gar- I tell you this because the moment we decided it was time for us to serve God as a family, the moment my dad decided it was time to move us to Canada and do what God had asked him to do, that's when the devil came in and began to put things into our life that began to uh, m- possibly uh, deter us from the ministry. Now, thankfully, God was gracious with us and uh, gave us grace and allowed us to get through that situation. But I'll tell you this, that the the ministry is not without difficulty. It's not without problem. And if you're going into the ministry thinking, well, there's no problems, there's no cost to serving, well, then I'm sorry, but you're very much mistaken. When you decide that you're going to serve God, (coughs) the devil's going to put problems in your path. You know, I've heard people say, I've heard young people say this, that they want to become a pastor just because they think it's a pretty easy job. They think, well, you know what, a full-time pastor, he gets to, you know, sit in his office all day and uh, he just gets to study the Bible. It's wonderful. He just gets to have this wonderful relationship with God. He gets to open up the Bible and preach on Sunday morning, preach on Sunday night, preach on Wednesday night. And that's it. That's all he's got to do. Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he's got all the time in the world. I'm sorry, but that's not the case. These these men that think, well, I'm just going to become a pastor because it's easy. Or I'm just going to become a youth pastor because it sounds like fun. Or I'm just going to be, uh, I'm just going to do this thing in the ministry because it sounds like it'd be an easy thing to do. I'm sorry, but that's not the case. I'm sorry, but that's not the case. You know, there's a lot of costs to serving God. There's a lot of costs to serving God. Those costs can sometimes be, maybe you've got to get to church early sometimes and, and take a little bit out of your afternoon nap because we've got music practice on Sunday nights or Sunday mornings. Or maybe sometimes you've got to stay late on a Wednesday night because you're discipling a new convert. Sometimes you've got to take an evening out of your week to spend time with family in the church. Sometimes you've got to get involved in a ministry that takes away your Saturday. Sometimes you've got to get up early on a Sunday morning to get a church bus started and warmed up to go pick up kids for church. There's cost to serving in the ministry. There's cost to serving in the ministry. There are many things that can be a cost in the ministry. Uh, Not just sometimes the cost of your time. Sometimes there's some things that cost us our money, amen? There's a lot of cost to this ministry. Are we willing to pay the cost to get the gospel to the world? Are we willing to give our time as a church and come together to get the gospel to our area? Uh, We talk about our Super Saturday soul winning coming up, and I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a wonderful time, but I want to ask this morning, are we willing to pay the cost to maybe come and, and give up a little bit of our Saturday to come and get the gospel out? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to pay the cost? You know, we talked about the time cost, you know, uh, having to get to church early for practice or staying late or taking an evening to, to disciple a convert or taking an evening to, to, to connect with a family in the church uh, or maybe taking a Saturday to, to, to spend time in the ministry or to visit a bus route or maybe to wake up early on Sunday morning to start a bus and uh, go and pick up kids for church. But there's also monetary costs. Things in the church sometimes cost money. Sometimes, we talked about it earlier to, uh, this, this morning, we talked about faith promise. Faith promise sometimes is going to have to be a sacrifice for some, but it's important. There's monetary costs like missions giving, like church maintenance projects, 
or having to do an expansion or, or buying outreach materials or buying materials for discipleship or community outreach projects or the kids' ministries of the church or the bus ministry. I say this all the time. The youth ministry does not make the church any money. The bus ministry makes the church no money. It only costs money. But it's a necessary cost. It's one of the costs of being in the ministry. There are so many ministries that are so important that have a cost. We need to realize, we need to have an understanding as a church, as individuals, that there is a cost to serving God. There is a cost to being effective in the ministry at times. The second thing is, we can't pay the cost if we don't first count the cost. We must count the cost. In Luke 14, 28 through 33, it says this, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it? All that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth, whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is, is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassador and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. We must think about, we must understand, and we must count the cost of the ministry. Not only as a family, we must, as a family, in our family unit, we must figure out, as a family, how much time we are able to devote to the ministry. Now, I'll say this. The time that you uh, devote to the ministry should be very important. It should not be time that we set aside flippantly. When we say, uh, I'm going to be there for, for this, then we need to be there for this. But the thing is, we must count the cost as a family. But also, uh, we need to, as a church, uh, we need to count the costs of the ministry and see, uh, to see what we're able to do as a church. We must know what we're able to do as a church uh, because if we don't count the costs, if we're not paying attention to what things cost or, or the actual time that it's going to take, then we might get into a ministry that uh, is going to take up too much of our time or we may never get into a ministry that we have the time for. We must count the cost of the ministry. There's a great cost of serving God wholeheartedly. We must sit down to count the cost. That's why I always say when we have our monthly business meetings, I say they're very important. If you are a member of this church, I would highly encourage you to be a part of our, uh, a part of our monthly business meetings because that's what we're doing. We're sitting down and we're counting the cost saying, we have this cost, this cost, and this cost. We want to do this because we believe God wants us to do this. We need to do this for the ministry. Can we do it? Can we do it? Number one, there is a cost and we must realize it. Number two, we must count the cost. Number three, we must embrace and love the cost. In Luke 14, verse 26 says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. There must be a great desire to pay the cost if we are to be true followers of Christ. Now, this uh, verse, many people uh, take it wrong. 
This verse is not saying that you're to hate your family. That's not what it's saying. If you read the whole Bible, then you see that's very much not the case. God wants you to love your family. What he's saying here is that your love for the ministry, your love for reaching people should be so great that the love for your family is, is, looks, is blurred between the line of hate because you should love God so much. You should love the ministry so much. Not, that's not saying, though. Uh, now, saying that, there is a ministry of your family. That is a great ministry. You're to take care of your family. You're to make sure you have family time. Uh, God wants you to keep your family together. But we should love the ministry. We should have a great, great love for the family. We should have a desire and a joy as a church to give money to our missionaries. There should be no uh, disdain for seeing a line item on the budget uh, of, of, I believe it's um, uh, just over $8,000 a year that we give to missions. We should not look at that line item on the budget and say, why are we giving this $8,000 to a ministry that, we, that we're nowhere near? Well, because God calls us to. We should have a love to see that in the budget that we're giving that much to missions. When we see a line item on the budget saying that we had to spend $500 on gospel tracts over the past year. Now, we didn't spend that. Don't know, nobody get a heart attack now. I'm just saying, when we see that line item on the budget saying that we needed $500 to cover the gospel tracts that we needed over the past couple of months because we've given out so many gospel tracts and we've been able to see so many people saved, we should jump for joy seeing that line item on the budget. We should be excited and happy to pay the cost of the ministry. When we see that we had to purchase more discipleship books because we're discipling new converts, there should be an excitement and a joy about that. When we come to church on Saturday, uh, on the last Saturday of each month for Super Saturday Soul Winning, we shouldn't come in uh, with our heads dragging and our hands uh, dragging along the ground because we're so tired and we don't want to be here. We're just here because we have to be here. There should be a great joy to pay the cost of the ministry. There should be great joy to come into church on Sunday morning uh, when maybe uh, it was difficult to get out of bed, but there should be a great joy when it is time to serve God. Maybe on a Tuesday night, we might have to start, uh, maybe someday in the future, we've got to start a Tuesday night um, a ministry of visitation. And those of whom are a part of that, there should not be a, oh man, it's Tuesday night again, I have to go out and visit. There should be a, woohoo, it's Tuesday night, I get to go and serve God. It's Saturday morning, it's time to get up and serve God. On Sunday mornings, there's going to be a time, and I tell you this, there's going to be a time eventually when we're going to have buses sitting out there. And there's going to be a time when we're going to have to go out there at early Sunday morning. I remember back in West Virginia, we'd get up at about 6.30 in the morning. About 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning on Sunday mornings. We had eight buses that we got running. And in the winter, we had to get up earlier than that. We got up, we got them buses running, got those uh, kids on the bus and got them to church. And I'll tell you what, the most joyous times when, when it was four or five of us guys every morning that would get together uh, on Sunday mornings, get in the church bus garage, we'd have our coffees going, and we'd be, we'd be a little bit tired, but there'd be joy. There was joy in serving God. There was joy in knowing that when I start up this church bus, yeah, I might have to go and get a jumper and start it because it's so cold outside, but yes, it's joy in starting up that church bus because I know that there's going to be kids that we're going to go pick up on that. 
And they're going to get to come and they're going to get to hear the gospel. They might get saved. They might dedicate their lives to God. There's a great cost to serving in the ministry, but there should be great joy in paying that cost. There should be great joy in paying the cost of the ministry. Number four tells us why. Because it's worth it. The cost of the ministry is worth it. In 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 54, it says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through, Jesus, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, all unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The money that you give to the church on Sundays is not in vain. The time that you give to the church on Saturdays and Sundays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and, and all the days that you come to work at the church, it's not in vain. I promise you that. The time that you spend in the Word of God and on your knees in prayer, praying for this church to grow and praying for us to be able to see souls saved, it's not in vain. The time that we spend serving God is never in vain. There's many that have given their lives to God, and I, I, I'm so thankful for those who have. But I can tell you, if I, you ask them at the end of their lives, the ones who have given everything that they've got, they've given their entire lives, they went directly and served God at a very young age and began to serve God and didn't stop serving God until they, uh, they passed off into eternity. I bet you if you were to ask them right now, they would say, it's not in vain. I bet you they'd say, it's not in vain. Ask Brother Ray. How many years have you been in the ministry? Oh, 60 something years, at least. 60 something years. At 60, after 60 something years in the ministry, can I ask you, is it worth it? It's worth it. It's worth it. Hey, 10% might seem like a lot to take out of your paycheck and put it in the offering plate, but is it worth it? Yes. Is your salvation worth it? Yes. Is the salvation that you see come through that door when a young kid uh, comes in and kneels on their knees and accepts Christ as their Savior, is it worth it? It's worth it. Is it going to be expensive when the Lord allows us to start a bus ministry? Yes. It's not going to be inexpensive. There's insurance to pay. There's gas bills to pay for. There's all these things that go into it. There's teaching classes. You're going to have to give your time to teaching a class. Yeah, you're, you might have to deal with some smelly kids at some point. You might have to deal with a little bit of rowdiness at one point. But I tell you, it'll all be worth it when one of those kids walks down this aisle or, or kneels down in one of those classrooms downstairs and accepts Christ as their Savior. I promise you the cost. You're not going to think about the gas bill that went into that van. You're not going to think about the insurance that went on that bus. You're not going to think about the time that it took you to get out and start up that bus on Sunday morning. You're just going to praise God that one of those kids came down and got saved. Maybe gave their life to God. Maybe became the next D.L. Moody. Maybe became uh, the next great preacher in this world. Maybe, maybe, started, uh, maybe became the, the next president of the United States that was saved and born again. Wouldn't that be wonderful? There's a great cost to serving God. There's a great cost 
to the ministry. There's a great cost to being a good church and a good follower of God, but I'm here to tell you this morning that that cost is worth it. The cost is worth it. When I give my tithe, when I give my offering, when I put on there a little bit extra for the missionaries, I'm telling you it's worth it. It's worth it. The time that you have here on earth is small compared to the time you will spend in heaven reaping the benefits of the cost. The time that I have here on earth is so small. I'm so grateful that God's allowed me to be in the ministry at such a young age. That He's allowed me to give the gospel to many at such a young age. Because I know that my time is short. I don't have much time on this earth. And do I really want to be able to say at the end of my life, well, I had a great savings account. Well, I lived in a great big house. But I never saw somebody come forward and give their life to God. There's a great cost to serving God. The cost is not only important, it's necessary. It's necessary. It may be hard. It might be difficult. It might be difficult to come to church day in and day out and not see anybody get saved. But there's going to be a day when somebody sees your faithfulness and they come through this, the doors of this church and come forward and give their life to Christ. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. You know, glory to God. Those who have given themselves their time, their money, will have a great reward in heaven someday. You might not see it here on this earth. You might not see the great reward that your time spent in the ministry gave or brought back. But when somebody comes up to you in heaven and said, you know, you gave to this so and such a missionary, and because of your giving, I got saved. When somebody comes up to you, once you've crossed over into the portals of glory, and says, because you gave to the bus ministry, I got on that bus. When nobody else cared for me, when nobody else loved me, when nobody else would even look at me, because you gave to that bus, because you drove that bus, because you served in Sunday school, I heard about Jesus' love for me. And I accepted Him as my Savior, and I'm here today because of that. The cost is great, but the reward is much greater. The cost is great, but the reward is much greater. I'll say this, it's only time. It's only time. It's only money. Is it worth somebody never hearing the gospel because I want to stay home and cut my grass on Saturday? Is it worth somebody not hearing the gospel and potentially going to heaven someday because I've got stuff to do on Saturday morning or on Sunday or on Thursday or on Wednesday? Is it worth me having a million and a half dollars in my bank account when I pass away? For a bus route never to get started? 
for potentially multiple bus routes when hundreds of kids might come to know the Savior? Is it worth it? It's only time. It's only money. Give it to God and He'll bless it in ways you could never have imagined. In Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21, I know I quote these verses often, but it's true. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. God takes my nothing and makes it everything. God takes the little amount of time that I have here on this earth. And if I'll let Him, and if I'll give it to Him, if I'll be willing to pay the cost, He will take it and do something great with it. What I want to ask us as a church this morning is, are we willing to pay the cost? Are we willing to pay the cost to reach souls for Christ? Are we willing to pay the cost to send another missionary out into the foreign field that we can't go to, to tell people who may have never heard the gospel, are we willing to pay the cost? Are we willing to take the time to make the sacrifice to do the hard thing, are we willing this morning to give God our everything? There is a great cost. I don't deny that. The cost is great. The sacrifice is great. The need is also great. If you drive around the streets of Youngstown or the streets of Gerard or Niles or Warren, I promise you, you, you drive around for more than five minutes you'll see 25, 30, 45, 50 souls that are in need of saving. Are they worth it? Are they worth it? Are they worth having to give a little more? Are they worth having to show up maybe a little early? Are they worth having to give up a little bit of your Saturday or some night of the week? I'll say this, and I know I say this, I've said this before, but just because you can't come on Saturday doesn't mean you can't go some other night of the week. I only work till 3. I'll go any night of the week. Souls don't just get saved on Saturday. I feel like a lot of churches believe that. Souls don't just get saved on Saturday. It's not like it's an open and closed deal, you know? It's not like you come in on a Saturday and it's like, okay, all the souls are open now. Let's go get them. And then Monday and Tuesday, well, they're all closed. And now we'll get them another time. No, souls are ready to be saved every day of the week. The cost is great. We must realize that there is a cost. We must count the cost. We must count the cost. We can't get halfway into it and realize uh, halfway through our life saying, oh, man, I didn't count the cost and I had room for so much more to give God. We must count the cost. We must love the cost. Love the ministry. When you put money in the offering plate, be happy about it. The Bible talks about giving joyfully. That money does not go to pad somebody's pocket. That money, it goes to keep the lights on in this church. 
It goes to buy new gospel tracts to get them out to people in this area. It goes to buy discipleship booklets so that we can sit down with new believers and teach them about God, teach them about how to live their life so that they can more effectively go and win somebody else. It's almost like a pyramid scheme. Y'all ever heard of a pyramid scheme? Where you got one person, right? And then you recruit two more. Those two recruit two, right? And it goes on and on. That's how we should desire now, not with a pyramid scheme. I'm just saying that, 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 that type of... We're not, I'm not trying to turn the church into a pyramid scheme here. But when we lead somebody else to the Lord, we don't just stop it at that. We train those two to lead two more. And those two more train two more. And those two more train two more. You know why you see churches that are having so many more people? is because they're encouraging the people that are there to go and get two more. And when they've gotten their two more, they teach them how to get two more and two more. And then maybe those two more get excited and go out into Africa and to reach their two more. And another two more decide to go over uh, to Asia and, and reach two more. And another two more decide to go down to South America and reach their two more. There's a great cost to serving God. There's a great cost to the ministry. Are you willing to make this sacrifice today? Are we willing to take the time? Are we willing to spend the money? God will bless this church and will bless each and every one of us individually if we will wholeheartedly pay the cost. We must pay the cost because finally it's worth it. It's worth it. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. These trials will seem so small when we see Christ. Amen? It's worth it. There's a trial here on earth. It's going to cost us some money here on earth. It's going to take some of our time here on earth. But I'll tell you, when we get up to the portals of glory, I'll tell you, we're not going to be thinking about the time that we spent here on the bus route on earth. We're not going to be thinking about the time that it took us to go out and knock on doors uh, here on earth. We're not going to think about our 401ks here on earth. We're not going to think about our savings here on earth. We're going to think about, wow, the Lord allowed me to save a lot of people while I was here. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be in the ministry. Lord, I pray that our church, Lord, would be serious about paying the cost. Lord, it's hard. Lord, it's not easy. But Lord, it's necessary. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need your power. We need your guidance and direction, Lord. Help each and every one of us to get serious and dedicated about paying the cost to serve you. The piano is going to play here in just a moment. And as it does, these old-fashioned altars open. Maybe you need to come forward this morning and say, Lord, I've been holding on to something. Lord, I've been holding on to my time. I haven't given it to you. Lord, I haven't given my all to you. Maybe you need to come this morning and just say, Lord, I'm done holding it back. Lord, the cost is worth it. Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm paying the cost today, Lord. Maybe that's what 
you need to do this morning. Maybe, maybe you need to come forward for membership. Maybe God's calling you to come forward and join, join the church so that you too can be a part of paying this great cost. We need you. Maybe you need to come forward this morning for salvation. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Today is that day. Don't go any farther. Don't go anywhere else without making that decision to accept Christ. It'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all. You come. The old-fashioned altar is open. Father God, we thank you for the service that we've had. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the truth that we find in it. I pray that you'd help each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, to be willing to pay the cost, to give our time, Lord, to make the effort. Because, Lord, we know that it's worth it. Lord, we need you in this church. Lord, we need you in our lives. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, do you know the number for that song? No. Okay. Well, let's turn on our hymn books. We'll sing our closing hymn, hymn number 379, or sorry, 372. Unless anybody knows what number it will be worth it all is. I don't know if we have it. It's not. Let's turn to hymn 372. We'll close off our service with that. Hymn number 372. Let's stand together as we sing this one. Hymn number 372. Living for Jesus. Living for Jesus, a life that is true. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last. Living for Jesus, a life that is true. Striving to please Him in all that I do. Yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and is the pathway of blessing for me. Oh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to Thee. For Thou in Thy atonement didst give Thyself for me. I owe no other master. My heart shall be thy throne, my life I give henceforth to live, O Christ, for thee alone. Let's go to that last verse. Living for Jesus through earth's little while, my dear. 
light of his smile. Seeking the lost ones, he died to redeem. Bringing the weary to find rest in him. Oh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to Thou in thy atonement didst give thyself for me. Another master, my heart shall be thy throne. My life I give henceforth to live, O Christ, for thee alone. Living for Jesus should be the greatest thing we can do in this life. I know people uh, lift up the uh, different offices in this country and different things, but truly living a life that is pleasing to Jesus should be uh, held up as the most wonderful thing that you can do in this life. Uh, let's close our service in a word of prayer. Brother Jim, would you please close our service this morning?